Woo, happy Wednesday. It is Women's History Month full-time kickoff. Woo, are you ready for some cocktails and conversation? Yes, very ready. All right, let's get it popping. Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? With your host, the unapologetic diva, Dr. G, the girlfriend therapist, Dr. Cortina Lewis, the Blue Phoenix Heels, Louisa Harrell, and the networking extraordinaire, Diana Richardson Phillips. Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Happy Hour. Happy Hour. Woo! Happy Wednesday. What's up, girl? <laughs> All right. It is Wednesday. It is Women's History Month. I mean, I'm telling y'all, this is going to be such a great episode for so many reasons. Plus, we are women, and I feel like we have definitely made our marks when it comes to women's history. So, ah, uh, this is, well, I guess I'll say this is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. This is Dr. Lewis, aka the girlfriend <laughs> therapist. Oh, we can't hear you, Diana. Oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Okay, Diana Richardson Phillips, y'all. Um, do you want to try logging out and coming back in? Welcome to technology, people. Okay. Yeah, when we're live. I, I know that this is live in real life here. So what are we sipping on today? So we are sipping on a glambitious sparkling rosé lemonade. So basically what you do is you get you a nice cute glass such as this one right here. You line the rim with sparkling pink crystals. You pour in some lemonade, top it with rosé, and you can also add a lemon to for garnish. And if we're talking about the mocktail, you're just going to pour you some sparkling soda with some lemonade. And garnish okay. with the lemon. And then there you have it. The Glambitious Sparkling Rosé Lemonade. Okay. Mm. That actually sounds good. That might be something I would drink um, minus some of the sweet, sweet out of it. But it's, mm. it's definitely, it's you know, cute. You're not the sweet kind of person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. As as Jay always says, you know, I like my wine bitter like my soul. I'm like, damn, oh, that's kind of... <laughs> Oh. I know. Diana, do you have a crown on? What's going on over there? No, I don't have on a crown. I have on a oh. headband. Oh, it looks like a crown from here. Does it? No, it's not a crown. Mm -mm. Girl, see, I thought you came repping. I'm like, oh, she done broke out with uh, Women's History Month with a crown on. I well, I mean, I am a princess. I mean, I am, but I'm not wearing my tiara today. I I'll, yeah. I'll bring it next week. Okay. What's your week been like? So Cortina, I, I need you to share because you've just had a hell of a week. Diana, you missed some of the back talk. So you got to share what the hell happened to you coming back from Vegas. So our listeners might not know, but our viewers can definitely see that I am podcasting from my bed because my ankles are swollen and I have to keep them elevated. I just got off from work. I was in Vegas last week. As you know, I podcasted from Vegas and we were supposed to get back on Sunday. However, we got back on Monday thinking I was coming back on 
Sunday, I had a full day of clients to see on Monday. So when I came back from being delayed, I had to see patients. I had to work. Mind you, this flight was the worst flight I've ever been on in my entire life. Oh, no. So three rows, wait, one, two, two rows ahead of me. There was someone, I don't know what was going on with their stomach. Thank I well for me. Thank God for me, he was on my same side. But the three rows, the row that was across from me and the two that was in front of the row I was in front of, he threw up on all those rows. Throw up guy in the little girl hair, the black lady in her face. Like he turned and threw up. He didn't even try and catch or anything. It's uh -uh. so bad. Oh my, I was like, uh, what in the hell did he eat? It was absolutely disgusting. And we still had like three hours left in the flight. So that's disgusting. He didn't have a bag. It was on her leg. It was on her butt. The little girl mama was taking uh, antibacterial wipes and wiping it out of her daughter's hair. So mind you, you got... The people by mm -hmm. the window did not that was sitting adjacent from him by the window, they didn't get it that bad. But the the lady right next to him got it the worst. Like they had to take off her jacket and triple bag it, put it at the top. The fight the flight was full, so you can't you could not rearrange your seat, you know. And then the dad kind of had like this attitude with the flight attendants like can y'all move I gotta get to my son he was choking oh it was a little boy that was throwing up he was 16 he looked like a damn man I don't know <laughs> if they had they done something or whatever daddy was sweating like he had just taken something I don't know what he was on but he had his shirt was off and like he had on like a t-shirt it was just maybe they had like a little virus I don't know if it must be was a stank virus because it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> like you saw everybody like covering their nose. That's how bad it stunk. They didn't. I'm surprised they didn't do like an emergency landing because that's yeah. when you start doing that. That's kind of cross contaminating with yes. what was going on. But ain't no way. And so they had like the um, kitty litter to pour on the or whatever it was. It was some type of powdery substance to put on the floor to help with the, um, I guess the um, throw up or what have you. That was the worst flight of my life. I had never. Well, he only threw up once or was it multiple times? Well, he stayed in the bathroom for like an hour and a half. So I don't know. He peed on himself. It was a whole hot mess. Oh my God. I, I, I can speculate what it was, but I, I won't for the sake because this might come back to me. But I'm gonna speculate that it's either food poisoning or drink or or alcohol. You know, that's what I was thinking. You think he was drinking? I, I do. Or had something? I don't know what was wrong with him, but well, I food mean, poisoning, food poisoning can hit you in the worst way. But well, uh, I don't know what was going on. But I, I mean, not to pee. I don't. I've never. I've been food poisoned I'm twice, and I've never God. peed on myself. Thank you, God, yeah. so much. It wasn't me. Poor thing, though. He wasn't. I mean, he. Ain't, never mind. Let me be quiet. So I, can I, was, I, was, I felt so horrible for the lady, and she was a black lady too. Oh Lord, 
Now, I'm surprised that it didn't cause a twinkling throw-up effect on that plane because my gag reflexes is, is real uh, low. That would have been horrible. It would have been throw-up everywhere. Oh, oh, I definitely would have because, I mean, you saw other people like the smell alone would have made you throw I, up. I would have threw up. I, I saw know me. food particles. When she got I, up, I, I that's up. when we stopped. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> it was so nasty. It was disgusting. But, yeah, so that was my week. So I had a full day. Monday, a full day Tuesday. Today, I had a full day back to back from eight o'clock to five o'clock. Back to back patients, no break, no in between. I had to tell my patient before we start, I got to go make a run to the restroom. I had to use the restroom and get started. It took me an hour and 15 minutes to get home today, sucked because of traffic. And then I came home and got right in this position so I can make sure I was prepared and ready for podcasting and then after podcast I'm going to be doing notes for the rest of the night wow well I've, I've been doing emails uh, I've been trying to get through emails today was just a long day so first of all Monday was the most unusual day that I've had in a very long time I actually had to get up get dressed for work because I have meetings outside the house. <laughs> so after a three hour meeting, I then had another, I had to drop, pick up some polls that was in DC. And then I had another, I met up with Nico to do a business meeting, a, a lunch meeting with him. Then by the time I got home, it's like 530. I was like, okay, this is, it, it's just been a long day. And I so then I was trying to check emails and I'm still in the process of checking emails. Diane, I did get my email. Oh, good. Good. I have to read. Through, I have to read through it, but I still I did get it. Um, I'm still working my way through all my emails from yesterday because then I came in and on Monday and I had a project. I had a project that was open that was due by Tuesday. Mm. So yeah, so I worked. I worked until like after 10 p.m. It's one of those days. Wow. Yeah. You have, how's the conference coming along? I'm so excited because not only is this Women's History Month, and I know I keep saying that, but I'm excited because, Diana, you have something that celebrates women coming up on the 18th. Yes, it is the Women in Business Networking Conference, and it is coming along great. Uh, we are now officially 17 days away. Uh, today was an interesting day. Uh, I'm, your girl is tired. I've had a migraine all day. So pardon me for being late. I've literally been in the bed from like 11 a.m. Trying to Aww. hit the head wrap and um, the dry lips today, baby. Because, you know, I ain't got my, my, my stuff. But it is coming along great. Um we are moving ahead. Um, I'm very excited, even though my dry demeanor today may not fully represent that because my head hurts, but I really am. Um, I'm super excited. Cortina, you got an email too. I really need for you guys to uh, read that and oh. digest that so that Did we should respond. I don't recall you responding. No. Did I, was I supposed to respond? No. Oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. You don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. You know what? Because sometimes you'd be like, but you didn't I respond. I did, but uh, three people have responded, but not necessarily. Just as long as you have it, you know. Well, you don't like when I say noted. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't like noted. I'll respond I like, back. I like received. And thank okay. you. 
Well, because it has instructions of what I need to do. And I'm like, noted. Oh, hush. But you know yeah. It'd be literally, I literally have to note things. Oh, I noted. She said noted. And now I'm gonna put <laughs> and now I'm gonna now I'm gonna put received and noted. Oh god. <laughs> duly noted. You know what? Huh? I said duly noted. No, we're not gonna do no duly now because I know when I <laughs> when I hit somebody with a duly noted, baby, it's you may as well be doing this in it. Duly noted. Okay, don't email me again. That's but anyway. So I um I haven't seen it, but I did want to tell you I called the hotel and they told me I could not get a corner room. Uh, this is offline. I just wanted to let you know I did call. They said that you couldn't. They said I couldn't. I'm a sick. They said, "Oh no, we can't do that." I said, oh, "Okay then." You so can't. What, the, what they can't do. What they, what they say? I can't get a corner room. Hold on. <laughs> so I just have to let you know. I did call. Look at here. And <clears throat> I did. I did. Don't say, I say to, I have to say this, though, because this, this is what I love about this podcast. We just keep it so 100. <laughs> but this is what real entrepreneurship look like. Tired, 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 not feeling well, ankle swollen. And here we still show up because we have we're committed to our own level of excellence. And I right. think that is is so important. It's, I mean, we got a conference coming up and it's like no matter how you feel during the day, I'm like, I still going to have to go and just this email. I, I was just I just accepted another um a pre, well, I'll be presenting some awards at the end of the month also. So I just tacked that onto my plate. I'm just like, oh, I'm literally like all over the place. Um, but this is what real, real, real life looks like. Um, which is why I'm also glad because our, our guest also is here. And I love, love, love everything that she's doing, which is why I I I labeled the podcast Glambitiously Visible because it's not an easy feat. It's by no means an easy feat to be visible as black women in, in certain areas that we weren't at one point in time. And now we're full fledged in these areas. But I will say when it comes to media, which is why I like what she's doing, we are still not where we could be. Right. Um, so our, our guest tonight, before I bring her up, I'll read a little bit about her. Her name is Lily Williams, uh, also known as Lily May. She is an award-winning PR strategist and creator of the Glambitious brand. Now, y'all, if y'all haven't heard of Glambitious, everything is wrong with you. I remember early on in my media, um, when I was just getting started with my media presence, I was actually featured in Glambitious magazine. And that was my very much introduction to who and what it is that she does. I, I believe I was also on a podcast. So she's doing some uh, really amazing things with her, her brand. So she's dedicated her efforts to empowering, recognizing and supporting entrepreneurs in all facets and, you know, for over 10 years and all over the country. As a matter of fact, she's actually worldwide. Uh, she grew up in a very undeserved community. And so this drove her desire to reverse poverty, gun violence, and drug use in the neighborhood and compelled her to be the first college graduate in her family. And she graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And she has since built an internationally recognized glambitious platform to encourage entrepreneurs as a tool to break generational deficits and 
uh, accelerate financial freedom, which is what we all want. So I'm going to bring her up here and really let her give the rest of who she is because, y'all, it's a laundry list. <laughs> Hello, Lily. What's going on? Hey, Dr. G. How are you? Hi, ladies. Hi, how are you? So for, for our viewers and then for our, our people who are going to tune in later on and, and for the playback, introduce yourself and let everybody know all these wonderful things that you are doing. Yeah. So I'm Lily May and um, I have been helping entrepreneurs get more visibility by confirming them for media interviews, speaking opportunities and coaching them with their visibility so that they too can independently and creatively get more visibility for their businesses. Because oftentimes that is the disconnect when an entrepreneur isn't reaching their revenue goals, it's likely that their visibility is a little challenged or they need to be seen and heard more. So that's who I am and what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> Short story. Okay. And so can, tell us a little bit about, because you was already doing a lot. What, what, made you decide that you wanted to become an author on top of all the other things that you were doing? That's a great question. I've always been a writer my entire life. I love writing. And so there were so many different things I learned along the way in my entrepreneurial journey that it only made sense for me to start documenting some of these things and creating books that actually share how to get visibility, how to get paid speaking engagements, how to make your first you know, five-figure month. And so I just really documented my journey so that other people could have the shortcuts. <laughs> okay. And you know what? So now I have to say, as somebody who comes back from the, comes from the media world too, there are so many things that I'm sure that you can offer one, you know, I, I and before we even get to that, cause now it's something else just popped in my head because you are a black woman that's making lots of transformations for other uh, black women. I mean, I'm sure black and white women, but because this is Women's History Month and and in media specifically, you know how hard it is for black media. What what has your experience been like on that side trying to create media for black women for to get their presence known out there? Yeah, that's a great question. And for me, I've been really good at building relationships. And so that has made it a bit easier for me to get my clients placements with platforms like Black Enterprise, BET Networks, Huffington Post, USA Today. So for me, I don't feel like it's been as big of a challenge for me because I'm great at building relationships and nurturing relationships. And essentially, when people do you know, work with a publicist, it's for that. It's for mm -hmm. our relationships with those outlets. And so to your earlier point, though, we can always have more of a presence in the media. You know, I think there's always room, more room for us to be more visible, be more present and, you know, become available to those opportunities. So I try to do a lot of education as well with my work so that people know how to get some of their own media opportunities when they can't necessarily afford a publicist. There are platforms that you can subscribe to and pitch yourself to Forbes and pitch yourself to Yahoo and things like that. So there's definitely more space for us to become more visible. And so I always look forward to helping entrepreneurs kind of bridge the gap and get into the media. Okay. So I know you've been in this, doing this for over 10 years. What has been the biggest shift for you that you had to make in order to continue to excel? Great question. I would say social media, social media. <laughs> you know, when I started, you know, 15 years ago, wow, Lord, that's a long time. When I started 15 years ago, 
social media wasn't necessarily a part of our strategy with marketing clients or even marketing our own businesses. Uh, Facebook was still kind of new 15 years ago. And so that was the biggest pivot for me, learning how to leverage social media um, and, and pushing past the resistance with social media. Because, you know, I don't really like going live. But I teach and coach my clients. They need to go live and I have to push past that resistance. And then we know there's always algorithm shifts and changes and things of that sort. So social media is kind of been the biggest, I guess, you know, uh, new factor in public relations that wasn't there when I started 15 years ago. Do you feel like it has because technology has changed and social media outreach has changed? Do you feel like it allows your clients to become more accessible on their own? It does. It does. And so I always encourage people to think outside the box when it comes to leveraging social media. It's not just about posting, posting, posting. It's about using it to collaborate with other people, you know, host your own Instagram lives with other people in your industry. I reach out to a lot of people via Instagram and make connections with media outlets that way. Um, so can use it to network, you can use it to collaborate, and then use it as, you know, almost like your your TV station for your business. Create and curate content that's engaging, video content. Don't just post flyers, but start to look at social media as like your TV station. Use it to connect with people, use it to create innovative content, and collaborate. I have never heard it put that way. And and Diana and I talk about this all the time, even, you know, away from the platform. We literally hate social media having to put together posts. And we always talk about like the challenges of finding time to be able to do so, especially when you're constantly busy. So for, for women like Cortina, Diana and I, who are constantly running and busy and busy and busy and, and other women who are out here just as busy, how do you what do you say to the to all of us to say, OK, this is how you can fit time in to create social media TV for yourself? Yes, I would say to schedule a content day. Maybe if your schedule permits once a week, you can schedule a content day once a week where you record the content that you're going to share. And now Instagram has an advanced setting that lets you schedule mm -hmm. your post straight through mm -hmm. Instagram. I don't know if y'all knew that, but I did. I did know that. Yes. Okay. It's under advanced setting and then you can mm -hmm. post. So you can make Sunday your content day where you record what you're going to share and schedule it out throughout the week or schedule it out for the next two weeks. So that it's off your schedule is off your you know workload and it doesn't feel overwhelming. Like you have to be on social media every day. And then as it relates to going live, you can schedule just a regular live so that people know on Mondays at noon, I can catch Dr. G, you know, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be everyday thing just as long as you have a time and a date once a week at least where people can expect you you hop on live you share value you answer questions that's a way to kind of compartmentalize social media in a way that doesn't overwhelm you i like that mm -hmm. I, I still like feel that. overwhelmed <laughs> like i still feel overwhelmed i'm like i literally just finding time I mean, well and i think for me because i'm a full-time writer and i get in a zone 
And so when I'm away from, when I disconnect from work, I'm like, I don't want to do anything else. Um, but I know that I'm going to have to do that. And I've gotten better. I've gotten, well, I haven't posted in a couple of days really, but I've gotten better. I at least try to post into my stories mm -hmm. to share mm -hmm. relevant things that mean a lot to me, If even if I don't have an opportunity to post. So now I'm going to hit you with the double whammy because this is from my own experience. And I think it will be great. Yes, I'm telling you. And she's going to understand this. <laughs> So P PR is such a very unique and unique because there's so many levels of things that PRs can do, sometimes do, but essentially, can you explain to those who are watching what the responsibility or roles of a PR or publicist is? Sure, sure. So for those of you watching, public relations essentially means managing your image in the public, right? So that's what the industry is about. It's about managing your image in the public. And like you said, there's so many different ways that publicists operate. So every publicist doesn't operate the same. It depends. Mm -hmm. Some publicists simply get you on red carpet events for exposure that way. They mm -hmm. usher you into VIP events, front row seats, and they position you as a recognized person in that realm, in the entertainment industry, so to speak. Then there are other publicists who navigate online media campaigns. So they're managing your image online specifically by confirming you for online interviews, podcasts, and things of that sort. And then you have publicists that do it all. So they can also escort you into the red carpet scene. They can also pitch you for TV and radio interviews, You know, pitch you for online opportunities. Some even actually confirm you for speaking engagements and things like that. That is something I've done for clients as well um, when it you know makes sense for what that client is trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately our goal is to enhance your visibility in one way or the other. And so that's usually the realm. And now some publicists even incorporate some social media strategy as well, since that is a part of visibility for our clients these days. So that's kind of the circle of it. And, um, you know, every publicist is different as far as what part of that they handle. Yeah. So what, what bucket do you fall in with your services? Do you do it all? Do you do certain, certain things? I mean, asking for a friend, you know, we, no, we, okay. <laughs> When I started, I did it all. So I had everyone on the red carpets. I was pitching them for TV, radio. I was doing it all. Now I focus online. So most of my clients that come to me, they're trying to build their online visibility to increase their Google search ranking and things of that nature so that when people name, they see these prominent opportunities. So I primarily focus online media opportunities for my clients. Okay. Mm -hmm. How did you okay. end up going into this particular field? Was it something when you were younger, you've always liked to usher people into visibility and exposure? Or was it more so as I got older, I realized this was something I was really good at and I could make money by doing it? Great question. So when I was uh, at UNC Chapel Hill, I was 21 years old. I got an internship at Universal Motown Records in New York City. So I moved to New York for a summer and worked in their public relations department. And in doing that, I got to, you know, get escorted with the celebrities to different places. And I'm like, oh, this is it. <laughs> What I want to do. Okay. Now, I don't know if y'all remember, but back in the day, there was a DJ, very popular DJ Manny Fresh. And I know I'm dating myself, right? Um, yeah. I know who DJ Manny Fresh is. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. 
I remember a publicist had to escort him to Sony Records. And, you know, she said, come on, Lily, you could ride with me. And so I rode with them in a car service to Sony Records. And on the way, he was like, you know, it's kind of cold. Let's stop by Old Navy and get a coat. And I'm in the car like, oh, my God. But, you know, I have to play cool. Mm -hmm, I'm 21 mm -hmm. years old. It's the, the era of juvenile and all of those things. And I had to, like, play cool. We go into Old Navy. People are going crazy. He's just shopping for a jacket. And I was like, this is the life. I am going into public relations. <laughs> nice. I love it. Who would you say is the, out of all the people you've been able to connect with, which one, and I know you always have to keep it cool, but in the inside where you like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm standing next to <laughs> I don't know, Beyonce or somebody. There have been a lot of those moments. Uh, Wendy Williams. I actually did an interview with Wendy Williams and my nerves were shot, <laughs> but <laughs> I played it cool. Um, but back then at 21, you know, seeing Juvenile come in the office, that was a big deal. There's been a lot, Russell Simmons, mm -hmm. um, Neo. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, celebrities that excited me, but I always have a cool outside, and then on the inside, I'm like, "Oh, Michael B. Jordan." Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> now the interview got to go somewhere else, y'all. We got to well, listen to me, okay? Listen, we're not gonna do that. The Mister out there, don't listen, babe. Don't listen. <laughs> yes. And that has to be pretty current then, you know, for, for it to mm -hmm. be him. Like, I would say this right now, who would who have you not met that you would love to meet? Oh, I would love to meet Oprah Winfrey. I would love Me that. Too. That is my dream to meet Oprah Winfrey. And ironically, short, quick story, the church that I was a member of as a child, Maya Angelou was also a member of. And the one son, and she would bring celebrities to the church randomly, and we would not know when it was going to happen. One Sunday, she brought Janet Jackson. So I have a picture with Janet Jackson at oh, 13 wow. years old. My face is like, uh, in the picture because I'm going to <laughs> They took it. The one Sunday that she brought over Winfrey, we didn't go to church that day. Oh. Was, ah, to this day, Ooh. that is like the dream person that I would love to sit down and have a conversation with for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm going to transition into your Glambitious brand because it is widespread. There is there's a magazine and there's what is, I think there's a podcast as well. And so what, what is the Glambitious brand and what sparked that? Cause I mean, you're already doing PR and now you have a magazine, you have a podcast, you have other things connected to this brand. What, what was the start of all of those things for you? Sure. So one of my PR clients in Atlanta, a celebrity chef, Rob Gale, years ago, I was working him and he had a new uh, lounge that he wanted me to kind of generate publicity around. And so I started hosting women's events where I would just invite women in Atlanta to come have discussions and things like that. And this was before women empowerment was a thing. Like now it's a big deal. Everyone has a platform. But, you know, 10 years ago, not so much. And that's what kind of started the Glambitious brand is I realized like, wow, this is a great idea to bring women together, to share ideas, to network and things like that. And it's since evolved to be more of a platform for women who desire visibility 
but may not be able to hire a publicist and pay three to five thousand dollars a month. But they do want an interview opportunity on a podcast. They do want to be on a magazine cover. I remember one time one of my friends had a very popular magazine and I was like, I would love to be on your cover. And he was like, sure, it will be four thousand dollars. And I was like, what? And this was like 10 years ago. Even now, I'm like, what? So he told me, you know, it would be four thousand dollars. And I'm like, OK, respect. But then it inspired me. <laughs> create a platform that people could actually afford to be on to get exposure for their businesses. So Glambitious, you know, offer those opportunities to women to get some visibility without necessarily breaking the bank. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. And then so then you move to the podcast. So then what magazine to podcast? What is, is it just saying, OK, um, um, this is going to be one outlet for them. And then this is a second one. And then do you have other Outside of the magazine and the podcast, are there are there other things connected to the Glambitious brand itself? Absolutely. Uh, events were a really big part of the brand. Like I've hosted Glambitious events for an Essence Festival many, for like three years. I think we did three years there. New York, Philly, D.C., Miami, Charlotte. Um, so I've hosted events all over the country and we're bringing them back to Atlanta in August. So live events is a really big part of the brand because I like mm -hmm. to give them the opportunity to speak, to, to be on panels, to command the stage, to bend and things like that. Um, and we also do a lot of virtual events as well in my Facebook group. So that's another part of the brand is like live event experiences. So in your event experiences for people, so you're, with the panelists and things of that nature, are you giving the people or entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs the ability to come on your platform and to speak? And so how does that work with yeah. that? Or how are you vetting them? Or is it just that they just apply or pay and come on and then they're able to speak? Great question. So it's a combination where you do apply, but there is an investment involved. So you definitely have to submit an application and then we bet you. And then if I feel like you're a great addition to the platform and it makes sense, then there is an investment to be, you know, at one of the live events or at the Atlanta event. So, yes, my platform is all about just being that a platform for people to speak, for people to engage, for people to find clients, get visibility and really accelerate themselves in business for sure. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What I, I love that. Thank no, you. go ahead, Cortina. I was going to say, what's kind of like your five-year plan? So you have everything that you have, and I don't know where you are when we said our glambitious drink for today. That's we we <laughs> highlighted your brand and we made a glambitious Thank drink you. for uh, this evening. But where do you kind of see it going? Are you going to be adding any additional services? Do you have your focus kind of strategically aligned in a different direction? What else do you have that is like, it's not yet, but this is what I'm working on. If you could share it with us. I don't know. Some yeah, great question. Yeah, great question. I'm like, eh, I haven't been in public yet, but <laughs> great question. They um, put you on the spot, girl. Listen. No. <laughs> As I mentioned that um, Oprah was one of the top people I want to meet, I admire Oprah because she was able to create her own network. She was able to, you know, create her own like production mm -hmm. wheel 
And so that is the direction that I would like to take the Glambitious brand into having its own channel and its own production wheelhouse, evolving into a clothing line, you know, an yeah. empowerment line for young children that, you know, young girls can embrace their beauty and their intelligence. You don't have to have one or the other. I want to have a nonprofit. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to expand the brand into. And I'm very much looking forward, you know, to what's to come for sure. And, and it's glambitious. I mean, I hear you saying it, and there's so many wonderful things about the brand. And so as it relates to women's empowerment, you know, is that one of the key focuses of glambitious, of the glambitious brand? Yeah, yeah. You know, I am a woman that loves being a woman. Okay. So I Come love on. being cute. I love shopping. I love braids. I love an afro. I love a weave hanging down. You know, all Come on. That are you know women and feminine. That's me. And then I am also highly intelligent. And from the time I was a child, people always called me a genius, right? And so I feel like oftentimes people try to put us into one category or the other. Like you can either be highly intelligent or a vixen, or you can be highly attractive or you know book smart. And it's like no, you can be all those things. And so my brain celebrate all of those things like you can mm -hmm. embrace every facet of your womanhood and not just be pegged into a corner because society says you can be either or okay. so how much do you attribute your background like your childhood background um growing up in a marginalized community attributing to what you're trying to grow to and what you're trying to put out into this world for other people. How does how does that or does that play a big factor in how you make moves professionally? Yeah, absolutely. Like when I think about the young me that was like, you know, a little girl in the hood and it was like boys in the hood hood, like shootout hood. Okay. And I think about the young me, I didn't have a an adult version of me to connect with at all. Mm -hmm. So I, as a kid, never seen a person like me that, you know, made it out, that looks polished, that knows how to speak well, but it's also down to earth, that loves glamour, that is a real person that's been on television. I would have loved to have a person like me that I could touch and feel and, and see mm -hmm. as a real and so I think when everything that I create, it's like I'm always thinking about that little girl, like what would be good for her to see what you know what I mean? Um, and I know that the women that that are drawn to me, a lot of them were that little girl as well. And so, yeah, it definitely is a, a big a driving force for what I'm doing because we came from nothing. And so I'm always trying to help people build wealth because it just reminds me that there's always a gap. When it comes to women of color, we are very marginalized and there's a gap and there's always a gap. So we have so much work to do to close that gap. So. So, yeah, it's very much an inspiration. My childhood, for sure. OK, mm -hmm. do you how often do you reach back like into your to your own to your old communities or communities where you grew up in? Very, very often. Um, the Girls Club, when I was a kid, we went to the Girls Club. And so the Girls Club is one of the organizations that I've partnered with a lot. Like we've done, you know, giveaways where we give the girls things. Um, there was a several nonprofits in Atlanta that I would partner with so that the women who are in like the, the single women homes that they don't have a home, but they're in like a, mm -hmm. not a shelter, but it's like a, a home for women mm -hmm. who are unhoused. We would have things for them where they would come to Chef Rob's restaurant and be able to have Thanksgiving dinner for free. So I'm always trying to support, you know, nonprofit efforts specifically 
for women, single women with children that are either unhomed or unhoused or, you know, at certain financial deficits. So I'm always looking for opportunities to give back for sure. I love that. When it comes to you deciding who you represent uh, with your PR firm, are you, would you say you're very selective, you know, cause sometimes starting out people, they'll just take anybody because I'm just trying to get my name out there. And then as you grow, it's kind of like, mm, that's not really connecting with our brand. That's not, or that's not a brand we want to represent. How do you decide what works for you and what you feel comfortable with promoting and putting out there? Oh, that's a great question. And to your point, um, you know, all money is not good money. And so as a person of faith and as mm. a person who's been an entrepreneur for over 10 years, if a person doesn't resonate with my spirit, that's enough for me. <laughs> like, Come on, that's what I'm talking about. That part right there. Right. All you need is that little feeling like, you know what? Sorry, I, it's not. It, no, yeah, we can't yeah. work it out. You know, if they don't resonate with my spirit or their brand is uh, in contrast to my faith beliefs. I can't, you know, I can't work with certain, you know, music artists that are talking crazy. I just yeah. can't do it. Or I can't work with brands that may incorporate a lot of profanity. And hey, we're all adults. You can talk how you want to talk, but it doesn't resonate with my spirit and my faith. Mm -hmm. So at this point, most of the brands or people I represent, they are faith-based and they're entrepreneurial women, you know, that have a brand that I can be comfortable with, that, you know, I can push forward and it not compromise like my own belief system, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I know I, I know Glambitious sometimes by title it could really mean women for for women and about women. Do you represent men at all? Yeah, I have in the past. I've had some male clients on the PRM. My PR agency is Lily May Public Relations Agency. So that agency is separate from Glambitious. So yeah, I've definitely had male clients come through the agency side for sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because you have so much, you have like literally a conglomerate going on, going on that it's hard. So because you have so much going on and we are really big here. I mean, of course you see the girlfriend therapist over here who's a therapist. What do you do for self-care? How do you take care of you with all of the things that you have going on? Mm. There are several ways. Um, do not disturb is a blessing. You know, I <laughs> put that on the phone. <laughs> self-care 101. Do not disturb. You know, I am, uh, you know, I am a single woman without children. So I have a bit more freedom with how my day goes, when I wake up, when I go to sleep. And so I think that probably affords me a little bit more uh, flexibility, you know, with determining my self-care regimen. So pedicures, manicures, you know, I do daily devotionals. I actually lead faith rooms on Wednesday. I lead two different faith rooms. So my faith is a big part of my self-care. Of course, prayer, silence, sitting in stillness, meditation, massages, mm -hmm. yoga. Like I do all the things like, and I'm always open to try new things. They have this thing now where, you get in a pod and you're like floating in water in silence. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. I'm always trying things. That yeah. sounds lovely. Right? And so I'm, 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 yeah. I'm worried about going to sleep. Yeah, I think the water is at a place to where you wouldn't, it wouldn't come over you. So you can technically probably fall asleep in the pod. It's just like okay. water halfway level. But something about it is supposed to be, you know, soothing to the spirit. That's relaxing. Mm. Now I'm going to try that out water? now. Ooh. 
I'm gonna have to try that out. You know, you all know I experiment. I'll be turning Cortina onto different things because mm -hmm. I had her, I turned her onto uh, IV hydrations just oh. to get, you know, your yeah. IV stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's Women's History Month. Shout out Keisha Brown out in Atlanta. So who she has her own uh, IV hydration company, black owned. Um, and so whenever I'm going through Atlanta, I'll text her, hey, do you have an appointment? And she'll come to you. You know, she'll come to the hotel. I like going to her little um, her little clinic area that I could just relax. Mm -hmm. um, and, I feel like, and then again, I guess I could relax in my room if she came. But then, you know, no. Um, no, because I think I feel like that would be I to me, that's not relaxing. I just want to be able to go and she recline in the chair and all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I, I like experimenting. So now I got to find this little floating chamber mm -hmm. and, and go float for therapy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, we're, I know we're um, coming down on time. So I would like for you to share, what do you have going on? Do you have anything coming up to celebrate Women's History Month? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, do you have anything in the coming months that will also, that you would also like to highlight and get people to know about and get them involved in? Yes, absolutely. So on March 27th, I'm having a virtual event to celebrate Women's History Month. So any women that are interested in being speakers, just head over to my website, theglamceo.com, and you can secure a speaker slot for that. We have a really cute pink and white and black little flyer that you get to be on and share it and come in the group and speak for 15 minutes to promote your business and share some value. I also um, have an Atlanta event coming up on August 26th. That'll be in person in Atlanta. We're expecting over 100 women. We'll be talking about entrepreneurship, mental yeah. health, beauty, self-care relationships, all the things. And so if you're interested in you know, being a speaker in person, a panelist, a vendor, a sponsor, those details are on my side as well. And then, of course, you know, with visibility, if you need support with that, there are many ways that I can work with you. I work with different budgets. I work with all levels of entrepreneurs. So whether you started last week or you've been doing this for 20 years, um, I have different you know, packages that I can um, offer you to help you get more visibility more media, more speaking opportunities, et cetera. And it's all on my website, theglamceo.com. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so before I let you go, I'm just going to ask this question. Um, as somebody who's been heavy in the media, I, I got burned out. Like, how do you prevent... Um, from burnout from media opportunities? Because everybody wants them, but at, when it's a lot and it's coming at you and you're having to be consistently responsive and all that, it's all great, but there's mm -hmm. that burnout. Mm -hmm. So how do you eliminate media burnout when you yourself are like the client getting media? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. I think doing seasonal media campaigns is a great idea. It doesn't have to be something that is ongoing for an entire year because it does require engagement. It does require follow up and attention. And when you're in your business, it's hard to kind of do it all for the long term. So I always urge clients to do many campaigns of like two to three months, depending on what they're trying to get visibility for. It doesn't have to be a full year campaign. That way it prevents the burnout from you doing this like month after month after month. I would just suggest doing micro campaigns to you mm -hmm. know, certain efforts or certain projects. Mm -hmm. I did six months and and, and I, I mean, she was great, great. <laughs> Shout out Claudia. She was so great, but 
I got tired. Like I got so exhausted by the towards the end of being in media, being responsive and all of that. I mean, and even right now, thankfully, even without a PR, I still get constant media requests that come that comes to me. But now I can pick and choose so I don't necessarily have to burn out. But I did feel like it was important to share that there is a real thing where you want the exposure, but you can very easily burn out. Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I never really thought about doing it in pockets because I was on a, a six month retainer. Mm -hmm. So now it's, it's more important. Okay. Three month, three month chunks or a month chunk and then skip a month and then do a month or however it might work best whenever, you know, once I decide to go back to that, but mm -hmm. it's a real, it's a burnout's a real thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Go float in a chamber. <laughs> a lot of energy to engage and do interviews and talk to people like you know it looks glamorous but it definitely takes a lot of energy so i think like you said spreading it out or doing small campaigns will probably prevent that burnout for sure right oh definitely and then i was also a media journalist so i was doing media for you know different um events and and for people and then i'm and i'm over here doing stuff for myself and between the two i don't i'm guessing maybe between the two it was just a lot wow. and i mean and you're constantly on the go and constantly on the go yourself that's why i, I love that you are making time for yourself and i don't have mm -hmm. you know biological children i don't have children in my home diana doesn't either so we just learned some different lessons from you about having more of a balance um finding more time for for us how do you handle the grace part? The grace, like giving part. Gi giving yourself grace when you know you need to do something, but you just don't feel like it, so you don't. So, mm -hmm. how do you handle giving yourself grace for that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I feel like I give myself probably too much grace. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah, never I have too much grace. I pull some of the grace back. <laughs> so, um, the reason I became an entrepreneur was so that I can enjoy the work that I do and enjoy my life and not feel con constrained, you know, in corporate or feel a sense of constraint. And so Absolutely. I, because of that, I do give myself a lot of freedom and I just curate my business in a way that really works well for my free spirited nature, if you will. You yeah. know, I made it so that things are not like very stressful to me or very piled on me or any of that. I like spread things out. You know, I schedule things at a time where I know that I'm going to be, you know, alive and well and wake, you know, I'm not doing early things. I'm not a morning person. I am not a morning person. So I'm not scheduling 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. anything, you know? So I just create a, a, a calendar and a life and a business that works well with my free spirit and nature so that, you know, if I don't feel like doing something, you know, and here's the thing, you know, fortunately for me, I'm not a medical doctor. So if I cancel an appointment or I cancel an interview or I cancel anything, nobody's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna die. That's my way of giving myself grace. Like it's okay if you feel tired and you have to cancel something, nobody's going to die. You'll be all right. They'll be all right too. All right. Noted that that would be something that probably one of my going to be one of my biggest takeaways because I found a way to balance out. But then when I I realized that I've like I'm over I'm overdoing something and I'm like, I know I need to reel back. But how do I reel back without feeling some level of pressure on myself? 
nobody else is putting it there. So now I think I'm going to definitely follow that and just say, well, nobody's going to die if, <laughs> if it doesn't if it doesn't happen. That makes right. me feel really good about being able to cancel things that I know would be a stretch and would take far more effort from me mental capacity wise. And, you know, for what? Right. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to live with that one now um, and yeah. put that in the back in my toolkit of self-care. I yes, think that's sister. good because yes. I might not be able to cancel patients. But what I can do is I don't have to judge the debate competition this weekend. And I'm having a good excuse <laughs> to say, Miss Brown, I'm sorry, I can't judge. Exactly. Nobody's going to die. No, they won't. You know, I, I used to have this perfect patty nature when I first started in business where I did not want to disappoint anyone. And I wanted to show up in a perfect way for everybody. But there's no grace in that. There's no humanity in that. And over time, it's unsustainable. Like, I want to be healthy and happy more yes. than I want to please Dr. G or please mm -hmm. Dr. Or mm -hmm. please, please Diana. I want to be healthy and happy. I remember Cat Williams said, you are your star player. So you mm -hmm. really prioritize ourselves beyond a husband, beyond the kids, beyond the clients, beyond right. the friends. And so whatever that means, you know, we have to, to really hone in on ourselves as our star player and right. give ourselves that grace like you, you know, we're talking about. Let me tell you something. Yesterday, I, it's so funny that we're touching on this topic because I've been needing to do yard work. Like, I love planting my flowers and I just love being in my garden. So, y'all, my backyard and my dog on front had, mm -mm, it, it has been, it's been to the point where it's been stressing me. So, yes, I kept saying, you know, how am I going to fit it in? I have, you know, all these different things coming up. You know, I'm actively planning. Yesterday, I pushed away from my desk. I said, you know what? I'm going to plant my flowers, my 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 uh, what are my daffodils today, and I'm going to clean my yard up and get it ready for spring because that brings me peace and happiness. Like, it really does make me happy. Those are, that's one of the things. Oh, that's a, a fun fact about me. I love doing gardening work. Like, I, I just love it. So I did it and I felt so much better. I was getting all these emails. I was like, Lord, have mercy. And I have to tell myself that with certain emails, Diana, you don't have to respond right away every time somebody sends you an email or every time your phone rings or it's grace. And I'm going to do better. I mean, I did good yesterday, but you know. Yeah, work no. to keep that going, you know, keep it going. Well, yeah. Lily May, we thank you so much for dropping in, hanging out with us. I will say that, you know, I, I love that we got to kick off our Women History, Women's History Month with you because you are indeed not only creating, you know, history for women, you're creating history for black women. You are creating history for children that's going to come up and, and just through your legacy that you are living right now. So we definitely appreciate every single thing that you're doing and wish you so much more continued success. I'll be in touch because I definitely want to see how I can support you in, in all of the things that you're doing. Lord knows my own schedule, but I, I'm always about supporting, you know, black women because we all need each other for growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Yes. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And have a great have a great month. Have a great rest of the week. Yes. And you know, much continued success. Thank you. Bye, ladies. Yes. Bye, bye bye. Oh, I feel good now, y'all. Good. I feel good. I 
I feel motivated. I feel like pushing stuff off. And I am <laughs> making some definitive decisions that I feel like I've been hanging on to, to, you know, and saying like, okay, let me see how I can make this work with all the other stuff that's now, you know, that's been compiled on my plate. So I, I'm, I'm actually feeling really, really good. Yeah. Wow. How about, yeah. What about you, Diana? Because I know you just been all over the place. How was uh, hearing? Oh, I'm all over the place now. Well, no, right. in, in all over the place. Of, not like that. Not like that in terms of not giving yourself enough grace and pulling yourself back. That's you do. Well, listen. That you do. I know, but now it's crunch time, of course, for me. I have three events. Mm-hmm. Pretty kind of like back to back to back, which I'm happy about. But now I feel like uh, <laughs> I gave myself some grace yesterday. I had to take grace today because I didn't feel good. And bless you. God bless you. But it's coming along. It is coming along. I'm going to be more deliberate and intentional about spacing my time out for myself because I mean it's me it's not so much as the demands of what I'm doing it's really me like I'm I'm very hard on myself Mm -hmm. I I, I am like I'm a workaholic hi my name is Diana Richardson Philippus and I'm a workaholic Mm -hmm. I really am like I'm a workaholic and I need to do better with that I do I need to learn how to not work and you know I did this weekend I went to Florida with the mister for our anniversary. Oh, we're in Florida. We went to Dustin. And oh. I didn't work. Well, wait a minute. No, I didn't work. I didn't work. I sent emails on the way home. Okay. I was so proud of myself. Like if I was drinking and, and having fun and eating and going to the beach and we slept good and yeah. Yeah. Life and you won't good. believe where she stayed at, Cortina. I wasn't even going to say that. Now, why you got to go there? I wasn't even going to say that. We're not, not going to say that. We're not going to. We're not going to say where because that's where I'm, I'm getting married. But yes, there. the Mister planned it. I had no he idea. No, he didn't even know. He didn't even know. He didn't know. He did. We not were know on the it. beach Saturday, and I was like, you know, Pam's getting married here. I was like, our hotel. I said, wait a minute. I said, let me, I'm about to text Pam. He was like, well, he was like, go ahead and text her. I was like, Pam, are you? And she was like, yes, are you there? I was like, beautiful. Beautiful. We going to tear that hotel up. Oh, wait, let me stop. Tear it up. Girl, we about to get it in. In they hotel, we about to get it in. Oh, my goodness. Let me stop. But it is really beautiful. It is really, really, really beautiful, y'all. It's beautiful. And, and I'm hoping the weather is the same. That is what you got to experience because she said she was in her swimsuit. Yeah, we got in the water and everything. I mean, it was cold in the water, but we still got out there. Because you know, Florida's flaky. Yeah, it can be flaky. Florida is very different from Central Florida, very different from South Florida. Yep. Like four yeah. In one. Um, I know. But I told him the last time we went to Dustin, it was March and I was cold. I mean, we had on jackets, I had on a scarf and everything. But this time, 
like I planned for, I had even brought like, you know, like long sleeve. I just knew I was getting ready to be cold. I got there like, okay, it feels a little humid. All right. By that next day, I was like, oh, it's hot, hot. We hot. <laughs> I went See, straight right up, up to and put on my bathing suit. And that's the opposite for Cortina, who was in Vegas and was freezing. Ridiculous. Child, like, ridiculous. Crazy. Ridiculous. Listen, though. Even... No, go ahead, babe. No, you're fine. I was about to switch topics. Oh, you're fine. Okay, real quick. Cortina. Yeah. So, they told you that you couldn't get the corner suite, right? <laughs> Yes. So I just sent an email. They probably going to email me back. Did you book a room at all? So what the the confirmation number? I tried to switch it, and he told yeah. me that I I said, "Well, can I put my credit card on now or whatever?" And then he said, "Oh, you have to wait until Monday to talk to the booking place because it's past some." It's what? past what? They gonna make me? Never mind. We on air. So yeah. he said, oh, call the hotel directly. I said, I, I did. That's the same number <laughs> you just gave me. Um, he said, well, what, what did you that, that's through the block. I don't know, some some guy. Um, that that that's the that's through the block department, and I can't make any changes or anything. I said, well, Okay, I, I think I see what he's saying within I that respect because it is a different so I just sent I'm letting you know that I sent an email. Okay. Um, to the director that I've been, and we are online. I shouldn't be talking about this online, but I sent an email, and I, I, I'll follow I up with you because they gonna stop playing. With, they they already know. They they hate to see my emails coming. Like, oh god, oh god. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So ladies, um, Cortina, can you tell everybody where they can find you at? <laughs> uh, at oh the yeah. Therapist on all social media platforms and sex s e x d unveiled. And the Noir, you know, I R Center. All right. And Diana, where can everybody find you at? Yes, you can find me at Diana Richardson Philippus, and that is P H I L L I P U S on Instagram, at E W E Inspires on Facebook, and also on Instagram at Bronze Glow Beauty for my organic cosmetic and skincare line. Yeah, my sister was just talking to me about how much she loves it. Um, so I think I'm going to have to buy my oldest sister some now. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. You can also follow my Kids Red Carpet at BGBB Kids Red Carpet and Brown Girl Brown Boy series on all social media. If you would like to be on the show, you could just go to herspirationhh.as.me. And just fill out the form and everything is right there. Self-explanatory for you. You will get instructions on the podcast and everything. Ladies, it has been such a great show. Learned so much. And I'm so glad we got to kick off Women's History Month this way. Absolutely. I, I'm, I look, I'm just I'm looking forward to this month now for real, because there's going to be some changes I'm getting ready to make and not feel bad about because nobody's going to die. <laughs> All right. well, what, what change you getting ready to make, Pam? What change you getting ready to make? I hope it ain't got nothing to do with the 18th. Bye, nobody. Okay, cheers, y'all. You know how we say at the end of every at the end of every podcast. You know what? Yes, cheers. Have a great week. We will see you next week, Wednesday, and we actually have Dr. Aaron on next week, uh, who specializes in skin. Going to be happy to have her on. Women's History Month is in full effect. See you next Wednesday. This. 
is Herspiration Happy Hour. 